Welcome to the All Hoops Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Inman. I'm joined with my star producer and co-host, Chris Brito. We're gearing up for the NBA Conference Finals that begin next week, but sadly, the Knicks season ends here as they were eliminated four games to two by the Miami Heat on Friday night. It was a very impressive season, but it ends in disappointment. We'll break down what happens, what, what happened, what needs to be approved upon, and how the Knicks can take that next step. Before we get to all that, Chris, my friend, how are you? It could be better, Steve. I'm in mourning right now, and I think it was such a gut punch because, you know, we sort of replay that game six in Miami, and you think of the Josh Hart being open in the three-point line and Brunson turning it over. But let's let's be real. Like, the Knicks were not in a position to win this game really at any point, uh, except in the first quarter when they had a, a big lead. And frankly, Brunson didn't get help. He didn't get help from his fellow All-Star. He didn't get help from R.J. Barrett. Um, and R.J. has been great this series. He just didn't play well game six. Um, I don't know if we, we want to credit the Heat, but, you know, R.J. missed a lot of the shots that he normally makes. Uh, and Randall just missed all the shots he he, he basically took last night. Um, but in terms of moving forward, I just want to say, like, I'm so proud of this team. I They exceeded my expectations. I remember I said they would have made it to the second round. Um, and you did. I, 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 you know, I'm very proud of, like, I didn't expect them to go this far. Um, I wish it could have been a different result. But I'm, nonetheless, I mean, I like how our team has looked. I like RJ's development. I love that. Brunson when the when the you know when the the lights were brightest he stepped up big time he had 41 points um and at the at the very least we have a couple of core guys that we can build a team around and I think that's probably the best thing that you can take away from this season yeah uh I agree with all that uh, one thing you did say I'm going to correct you on uh you said fellow all-star with with Randall Brunson actually has never made an all-star team. And I yeah. think after this season and after this playoff run, he's going to finally start getting the national recognition that he deserves. And even if he's having a 10% worse year in the regular season next year, I think he's going to be an all-star. Because I think he's now going to get that recognition that all-stars get the way he carried this team through two rounds. You look at just the box score, right? 41 from Jalen Brunson. Everyone else, Quentin Grimes, one of six shooting. Mitchell Robinson, 0 of two. Randall, three of 14. Barrett, one of 10. Though there's no one, no one helped them. No one helped them. And I think, as you said, they have a great building block, a, a true star for the first time since Carmelo in, in Jalen Brunson. I think you can already consider him on like the Knicks Mount Rushmore after one year with <laughs> Frank. Mello and Jalen Brunson but at the same time it now becomes all right what's next how do you get him a supporting star how do you get him help and I think those those come in two different places I think one you, you need RJ who looked really good for most of this series to continue to ascend to continue to get better to continue working on a shot that's to me how you get that third guy the mm -hmm. second guy is going to have to probably come from outside of the organization. I'm not really sure who that is. 
I think they have some options here and it may not be this summer. It may be at the trade deadline. It may be next summer, but they're going to have to find either another wing to go with, with Barrett, or they're going to have to upgrade the Randall position in my book. And this is now two straight playoffs where Randall just looked like a one trick pony almost like it, it looked like there was not a really a, a other options in his bag to to score to assist to to play make and in the regular season you can put up numbers we saw Jordan Poole average 20 a game right and then he looks like he's unplayable in the playoffs once you get to the playoffs guys are trying to take away your best number one move your number one what you're trying to do and a lot of the stars have many moves and they're really hard to play Randall had one and it was really just attack the basket. He's drawn charges. He's thrown the ball away, not shooting well from deep. And there'll be times when he hits those shots and he looks like a borderline all NBA guy. But to me, it's, it's too inconsistent. We've seen this too many years. I would love to see if they can upgrade over him and find somebody else who can be the guy there. Yeah. Uh, I my only thing is that there's it's I I can't think of anybody in the NBA that would be a suitable trading partner. That's the thing. We need to sweeten the deal somehow. We definitely need to sweeten the deal. They have many draft picks uh, coming up in the future. None this year. No no first rounders this year, unfortunately. So they're not going to be able to improve their team through the draft. But there there is going to be a guy who comes. We don't know that yet. He's available. What'd you say? We don't know about the pick yet we we don't expect to have a first round pick the dallas mavericks are supposed to give up the knicks give up their first rounder to the knicks in the last piece of the chris f porzingis trade but it's top 10 protected as of this moment that pick looks like it's going to be in the top 10 we will find out tuesday at the draft lottery where that pick lies i believe the knicks as we said has a 20 percent chance of having that convey is that what we said okay yeah 20 yeah. but I'm looking to see, okay, the, the Knicks were very easily shaken in the middle games of this series because of the zone. I don't see why teams in the regular season or in the playoffs next season wouldn't try that again. So I think to combat that, they're going to need a a wing shooter. And to me, the guy I would look at would be Chris Middleton. Yeah, Chris Middleton has a $40 million player option. I think he'll turn that down to look for a long-term deal. He's coming off kind of a lost season with the Bucks. You know, he only played in 33 games. He'd been relatively healthy the five seasons before that, basically averaging 20 a game on great shooting from, from three, from two. I think he's the guy they could use. It's going to be a high-risk, high-reward move. He'll be 32 in August. Those guys usually decline as they get into their mid-30s. But if the Bucks are not willing to give him that full max deal, I think there's a pretty good chance he looks elsewhere and coming off a second round appearance. Why wouldn't he consider the Knicks? And, you know, we briefly talked about this before the show. And I think a lot of, a lot of what makes Middleton sort of an attractive option is because he has the veteran experience that we desperately needed in in the playoffs. Um, And he's just, he's, he's a bucket getter. I think, some of the underrated parts of, you know, sort of the Bucks finals run was that Middleton was sort of like a go-to scorer 
or at least like the number two option while Giannis is being like hurt, you know, hounded by defenses. Yeah. And I think that's the sort of role that we needed to Randall to be. And, and and at times RJ stepped up to be, but I think you need an actual shooter. You need someone who can actually be a threat from outside. And I think that once you add someone like Middleton, uh, the def- the everybody it'll, it'll be much harder to guard everybody else. And look, they I thought defensively looked like they could win it all. I thought defensively they were good enough to say we we're here. We we our effort is there. I thought the only they got out hustled in one game. I thought the other games. I thought their their effort was fully there, including yesterday, including Friday night. It's just offensively they need shot makers. They need guys who can put the ball in the basket. Brunson looked like a great offensive scorer in this series, this entire year. I felt like they kind of needed his playmaking a little more to get guys set up for, for open shots. But the problem is it's really hard to do that when you're setting guys up for open shots and they're missing those shots and you feel like you got to do that on your own. So right. like, and I think- people are like, oh, he didn't really assess. He didn't really get, he didn't really get a lot of assists. People were missing open shots. So at this point in game six, I felt like he kind of not abandoned his teammates. That's too strong of a word. But I think he kind of said, I got to do this myself. And the other guys, it was up to them to kind of create their own shots instead of being set up by Brunson. So I wonder if it makes, I don't think it makes sense, but I think you're going to hear a lot of media people say this. A guy like Damian Lillard, would you give up, you know, no. all the draft picks to try to pair Brunson with Lillard and and have a dy- one of the arguably the greatest offensive backcourt in the NBA? But defensively, I think that would be a mess. I think those two guys are both undersized as point guards. I don't know how you make one of them the shooting guard, but I think it would help the offense. So I, I think there's going to be a ton of talk about a lot of different guys, including, you know, old favorite Trey Young, Damian Lillard, neither of which I think the Knicks will actually do. But I do think big swings are going to be talked about this summer. Yeah. And I also want to like put out there for the Knicks. I don't know if you know. I bet Leon's listening to this podcast, but I would also, you know, I would approach every move thinking that if, like, I don't necessarily think the Knicks have a window, which is a good thing and a bad thing, right? I don't think that if like they don't make a big deal this year, it's going to be the end of the world. Yeah, it just you know everything can be said in a vacuum, but like it needs to be the right move. So like, if it's going to be Middleton, like, you know, they need it. They need to like, I don't want them to make a move because to make a move, I want them to make a move because it's the right one. Like for example, the Brunson move was the right one, even though yeah. that aged gracefully. Yeah. I, I would be a little afraid of that concept because of just the past of the Knicks. And we can say this front office is different, but who knows if Dolan gets involved? Who knows if the public pressure gets involved? Like there was talk at the at the deadline that they were considering giving up like a lot to go with Zach Levine and his supermax. I think that would be a disaster. He's had many knee problems in his career. He would help with the shot making. He would help with the offense, but I think a backcourt of him and Brunson would be too much even for Thibodeau's defense to to figure out how to fix. 
So I think there's some some interesting things here, but one wrong move and you set yourself back. One right move and you turn yourself into a contender. So this is, as we always say, a very big summer for the New York mix. Yeah, and what I, I also think that like by getting someone like Middleton, you sort of crack the Bucks window. I think that if we get Middleton, we'd be better than the Celtics. Um, I think I don't know if you'd be better than the Celtics. I think that's par, I think par. you'd be on you'd be close to on par. On par. Yeah. You know, who knows how 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 much the Heat and Butler have. I mean, I'm, like we say that every year, but it's it's like empirically true that like Jimmy can't be this good every year, can he? He might. I mean, okay, fine. what Jimmy and, the, and like Jimmy, the I think the problem I saw with the Knicks, which was probably the most frustrating thing, is Jimmy didn't have a 45, 50 point game. Jimmy was not good in game six. He was, I think, six of what, six of 19 shooting? Like, yeah, Grimes did a very good job on him. He was seven of 22 shooting, which is 31%. And I just felt like, even like he wasn't even like playmaking much. He had four assists. I it just felt to me like he was not the same after the ankle injury, and for the Knicks not to be able to take advantage of that is just heartbreaking. But I mean, even the I, even I felt like the refs were giving Knicks calls yesterday. Like they were in the bonus. The Knicks were in the bonus with eight and a half minutes to go in the fourth, and they hit all their free throws. They were twenty eight of thirty two from the line yesterday. That was eighty eight percent. Even Mitch like, goes. NBA was trying to get the Knicks, willing the Knicks to this game seven, and they just couldn't hit open shots uh, that weren't at the free throw line. Hey, but, the way the way the way the way I see, the way I see it, all those calls we got in that fourth quarter were the calls that we've missed throughout this whole series. So yes. I yeah, I don't yeah. feel bad at all. That being said, yeah. with with the whole like Middleton thing, like yeah, I think it does put us in a in a encouraging spot in the east um i definitely think that depending on what we do we're we're at least top four yeah i mean it depends on what they do it depends what other people do but i think you can make the case that they're around that number i think that's that's very well, i think reasonable. i think we're better than the Cavs. i mean all right if i would put the celtics we'd probably put like cleveland just cleveland's is coming off of a a very disappointing end are we sure they're not going to go get a Middleton? Are we sure they're not going to go get the big wing they need? Like, they, they have the same issue we had, shot making. So it's, I I re- think realistically, like, yes, like, the Knicks could improve, but I think a lot of teams are going to improve this summer. Anyway, Bucks, uh, depending on what happens with Philly, like, James Harden could leave, James Harden could stay. I mean... I like obviously I know he wants to go to Houston, but like what's the point of him going to Houston? I think he is Austin trying to force Philly's hand and saying, give me the max or I'm gonna go home. Hmm. And I think Philly's kind of saying, uh, like you're kind of good at every other game and you're old and it's not gonna get better when you get guaranteed money. Like, so I, I think Harden, depending on how this goes, I think Harden could walk. And then they go make the big splash for Lillard. And then they're better next year. Uh-huh. 
All right. But uh, real quick, last thing on the Knicks. Uh, we talk about the big swing. What about the other swings, which is Josh Hart is a free agent. Okay. I think he's going to cost somewhere around 17 to 19 million a year. Ooh. And then you have two extension guys in quickly who had a breakout season and then looked unplayable in the playoffs. And then Obi Toppin, who has always looked good when he's playing over Randall, but has just not had those minutes. And there's no reason to think those minutes are coming anytime soon. What do you do with those three guys? I think you try to save quickly because you need a guard. You need another guard who can handle the ball the way and give what he and bring what he brings. Uh, I think you don't resign Obi, and I think I I also think you don't resign hard. To be honest with you. I mean, I, I would thing is tough I, because I wouldn't be upset. so important for this team, but at the same time, they just need a guy who can make shots, and that's kind of the easy to me. That's the position where they need most like small forward, and you're not really going to bring in him at 19 million a year to be a 20 minute a game guy. You're either going to bring him in as a 35 minute a game guy, or you're not going to bring him back. So I think the Knicks really need to. See if that star is possible quickly. And then if it's not, then they re-sign Hart and then figure out what to do with him later. But they have to be very careful with this because obviously Hart wants to come back, but he's it's it's always tough to not slight a player in free agency and make it seem like you are a backup plan. Yeah. And like it's tough because I really like Hart. But if I'm thinking about how to build this team, we don't need another heart. I mean, I'm mean, sorry. We don't need like, I love hearts intangibles, but I don't think in the long run, that's what's going to help this team. Like the only, the only way I see like, okay, we should resign him is if he spends his whole summer in the gym shooting threes. And he needs to become yeah. a, 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 a knockdown three point shooter. Like he can't, he can't drive every t- like that was the most frustrating thing last night. Seeing them pass up open threes and just drive to the basket. Yeah. Like no, don't do that. Like and and the thing with Hart is he's not a bad three point shooter either. Which I'll is- be honest with you, I didn't mind that. I just felt like at this point in the playoffs, we've seen so many missed open shots that if you want to get a little closer and you feel like you got a chance to okay like right it's you're right i think it's worth trying and i think if they didn't do that the score actually would have been worse because at least by going to the rim they're getting fouled they're in the bonus eight and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter but my thing was no evidence that these guys can make open shots we have not seen it why not try something different you're right but when they when they kept when they were so loaded in the box like it just made no sense. Like they kept, they would um, like if obviously if they were if they had an open lane, obviously. But many times I felt like they passed up open threes. I'm like, why? Why would you do that? I thought that was the right call. But all right, last thing with with Hart, just 31 percent from three in the 11 games as a Nick in the playoffs. That's actually an upgrade considering how poor they were shooting as a team. But that's it with the Knicks. We will be 
uh, talking plenty of Knicks in the next few months. Uh, what uh, should be a pretty active summer for them. Let's move on to uh, the two teams moving on in the West, the Lakers and the Nuggets. Chris, I think this is going to be great. AD versus Jokic is going to be awesome. How do we see this one playing out? Ooh, this one's tough. Um, I think the Lakers have all the momentum in the world behind them. And, yeah. and it's not to say that the Nuggets don't because they they ripped the Suns. Um, I think I might take the Lakers. I, okay. I, I, I I want the Nuggets to win, but I think the Lakers are just not a good matchup for the Nuggets. I think if you were to create a player that makes the most sense that could guard Jokic, it would be someone either like Miles Turner or Anthony Davis. And Anthony Davis, I feel like, could really put a wrench in 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 um in in the nuggets plans and i think that like that just lakers are just have a little bit more like uh they might be okay they might be around the same in talent in in talent but you just need michael porter jr to have big games and you need murray to have big games because i don't think Jokic is going to have um the same like they beat the suns who basically have only two really good functioning players and they beat the Minnesota, the Minnesota Timberwolves who which are a disaster and basically got into a fight right before the, right before that round. So, that. That was crazy. so, so it's not like the competition has been amazing. Whereas yeah. Lakers just beat the Warriors. The Lakers just beat the Grizzlies. Like, I don't know. I, I, I'm if I'm the Nuggets, this is the matchup I want at the least. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I mean, this Laker team is playing their best basketball of the season. That's kind of what you asked for as you are trying to make a run into the playoffs, right? I just think this Nuggets team has not been shown they could be stopped offensively because even in those Phoenix games, it looked like Jokic was barely breaking a sweat. He's you know making all these crazy layups. He's making all these crazy passes. You know, even in the game six I felt like they they could have pulled those guys at the half it was over and they they didn't really play a lot in the in the second half and the Lakers have had to really work this thing right like they played it felt like they played a lot more of LeBron and AD big minutes than they probably wanted to because you know LeBron's in his 20th season and AD is old AD is not old but he's you've got an old body and it's always a concern if those guys are going to hold up game to game. Oh, yeah. Whereas I this think... Nugget team is, is young. They're a young team. Yeah, and I think um, one of the most underrated pieces that the Nuggets have is a former Laker, um, Kentavious. Kentavious uh, Crowell Pope. He's been great. He's been such a good player. Like, he is, in many respects, a player that I wish, like, the, the Knicks had, just a, a veteran who can, like, make shots when you need to. And I think he's been fantastic for the Nuggets. Like, I think in many respects, he is someone who I think could have a big series in this. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I still think, the. I mean, obviously health is everything. If the Lakers can pull it off, it'll be because AD is puts the clamps on in Jokic and LeBron, yeah. you know, plays well for like four or five games, you know. 
I, I just think offensively they can't be stopped. And we'll see if that's the case because you believe that AD is going to, as you just said, not put the clamps on on, on Joker, but really slow him down. Slow him and down. I, I don't see that happening. I think they're going to run in transition. I think this Laker team is not going to want that. I think, you know, who's going to guard Jamal Murray? Who's going to guard Porter? It's Is LeBron going to chase Murray around for the, for the whole series? I, I don't see that at this stage of his career. And obviously with AD, is he going to hold up? And I, I'm not sure. I think it's I think it's a lot to ask for him to run around and guard Joker for 40 minutes a game at, at this stage of his career. So I'm yeah. gonna take the Nuggets, I'm gonna take them in six games. I think it's gonna be a great series. And I'm really looking, I'm really looking forward to this one. I have Lakers in six. All right. Can't wait to see that. I mean, I got my bet on uh Nuggets winning the whole thing. So I gotta pick them, obviously. All right, Chris, let's uh let's get to our final thoughts right after this. All right, Chris, final thoughts time here. The, as we just talked about with the Lakers, the Warriors were eliminated. I think this is the most fascinating offseason team for me. There's talk Clay wants an extension. He's got one more year on his big deal. He was awful in this. He had a nice regular season. Really good to see him stay healthy. But at the same time, I think I got to see another season of him to see what kind of player he is before I start paying him based on what player he was. And then you have Draymond, who's got a $27 million player option. It seems pretty clear at this point that he's going to opt out and look for a long-term deal, ideally with Golden State. Is it enough to bring this team back and try to run this thing back at a $400 million payroll? Do they need to make a, a big swing for a star and let one of Clay or, or Draymond go? Well, if it's just you and me talking... I think the Warriors need to like begin their transition. It's not, it's not a like a rebuild, but a transition into a team that can actually like win around Curry. Like you're wasting Curry's years with guys who, let's just put it nicely, haven't aged as gracefully as he has. I think you pass on Clay, which sucks. Um, Draymond's a little harder because he just he just allows for the Warriors to play the way they want to play with a small ball yeah. center. But I don't my, even know what that contract is. Like, is it three? Is three for a hundred enough? Is that too much? I I don't even know. My inclination is to pass on him also, but then the question becomes: How do you rebuild after that? Which I yeah. think is probably a harder question to answer. Who do you pair up Curry with? And who's going to be the one pair? Who's going to be the one pairing, pairing them? Bob Myers is a free right. agent. That's well. a great point. And so, yeah, the Warriors need a lot of questions. They probably need to like have a domino effect. They probably need to figure out the Bob Myers thing first. Um, and you know maybe trade in some of those young guys for assets. You know, like the Kumingas, like Kuminga does probably doesn't want to, doesn't want to be there, which is that whole like it, it's so bizarre, like how these young players in the Warriors like have a say whether they they are not happy and they're upset about their role. Like, it's tough when you're a lottery pick and you're seeing guys pick taken after you that you think you're better than, just averaging twenty a game, averaging ten rebounds, you know, 
playing 30 minutes a game and they're about to go get paid at the end of next summer. And you're thinking to yourself, I haven't done anything yet. I haven't established myself. And you, you know, you, when you always hear about players talking about what they want for their careers, you always hear, I want to show I deserve that second contract. Then I want to win. You never really hear, I want to win. And then the contract, it's always the other way around. You want to establish yourself first and your team second. And I don't, I have no problem with, with that from him. If he was a good sport about it, what is that really going to do? Like, it's not like the curve would be like, oh, like, you're so good about this. Let me go give you six minutes in crunch time in game six of the playoffs. Oh, like, you're so noble. Yeah. Right. So I yeah, think at this true. point, they should they should cash in those chips and see what they can get. I think they can get probably something with, with their draft picks and, and uh, Kuminga, Moody, and those kind of guys. Because if they wait another year, you're talking about just getting a bunch of second round picks back like they did with Wiseman. Because, yeah. you know, Moody and, and Kuminga, those guys already done with year two. You got to pay them after year four. You get to decide on a contract very soon. And so I would try to cash in those chips now. Or you say, hey, it's it's not working with Clay and Draymond. They're 33. We did not look like a championship team this year. And we're gonna we're gonna go young. I think you just have to pick a lane. And I know they've tried to do this whole two eras thing at the same time, but I just don't think it's gonna work. No, you're right. I mean, there's no empirical evidence. The only team it's worked for are the Spurs. And <laughs> aside from that, I don't think. And I think it only worked for them because Kawhi was just such an incredible MVP kind of talent when he was young. Whereas yeah. these guys have not really shown much more than flashes of being solid. <laughs> and so I think it's a really tough decision, but as you said, they got to take care of Bob Myers first and figure out what to do there. Yeah. Um, Cause you're wasting away Curry's years. Yeah. Simple as that. He looks as good as ever, even though he's like 35. Amazing. He looks spry. Like anyway, um, we can move on to the next topic if you're okay with that. Yeah. So the next thing is uh, we got the Miami Heat. They're playing the winner of Celtics Sixers, which will be game seven in Boston Sunday afternoon. How do you see that playing out? Can the Heat make noise with either of those teams? I like the Heat against both those teams. Like, I think um, I think Philly might be – yeah, I like the Heat against both of them. Like I don't, I don't, I don't think the Heat necessarily have any big weaknesses. Like scoring, <laughs> scoring, but they can also like wreak havoc on each of them. I guess Philly to me makes is a little bit scarier for them because, okay, fine, you have you can have an answer for Harden, you can have an answer for MB, kind of, but then they really don't have anyone who can keep up with Maxi. I, I'm just a fan of Maxi. Like, yeah, no, you, as you should be. He's he's great, and I I think uh, it's gonna be a great game seven. And we've seen the last couple games where it's a more low scoring game in that series, and I think that's exactly how the Heat want to play it. So I think the Heat very well could beat either of those teams. And and we could be looking at a a Heat Nuggets finals, <laughs> or preferably a Heat Lakers finals. We will see. We will see. I, are you? Which one are you rooting for? You're rooting for a Nuggets what? Nuggets. 
I would like to see the team. I'm always in the belief that the team that knocks out my team, I would rather see them win the whole thing or, or at least get to the finals. Cause you could say, Hey, we lost to the champs. We're not that far away. Whereas if you lose to the guys who lose to the guys who then lose to the guys, Heat lose to Celtics, Celtics lose to Denver. It makes me think they're not as close, even though it's not, it's all semantics. But at the same time, I also think none of these teams are really going to have a chance against Denver. I think they're all playing for second place. Yeah, I think the Celtics match up really well, I think, with the Nuggets. I don't think Philly does. The Heat, ah, the Heat would be tough. I mean, the best, the best storyline left, you keep saying Heat Lakers. I think it's Philly Denver. I think it's the two MVP candidates. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Those two, you know, those those two guys have won the last three MVPs. And having those two guys compete for seven games would be yeah. must watch TV. And you, know what the headline, and you know what the headline of that finals will be? What? Our NBA bigs back. <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna say more which player is the best player in, in the NBA. You could make a case. Like, you know what? I, I wasn't rooting for any particular one, but I kind of like that one. I kind of like that too. And uh, that's why you listen to this show for the narratives and the storylines. That's going to do it for us here on the All Hoops Podcast. Chris, awesome talking to you, even in our darkest day in a while. Yeah. But uh, we'll be back. I, I think the Knicks will be back. We'll be back next week to talk more NBA action and the NBA Conference Finals. Yes. Bye, everyone.